Welcome to things I wish I should have said. An ode to pieces of you you wish you would have saved and pieces of you you've had to let go. Today's episode is called I Will Always Be Black Enough. I've been thinking lately with different perspectives on blackness and words that we hear that stick with us throughout our lifetime. And one of those things that I thought about was the thought process that goes behind the saying, you sound white, or you act white, or you're not black enough. You don't sound like the other black girls or people or guys. And how traumatizing that can be to the person on the other end. And also how traumatized the person who's saying it must be. I've always been odd. And I accept that now. I love that about myself. But when you're a kid, kids are cruel. And it can affect you. And it did affect me. I used to talk very properly. I rarely was allowed to listen to anything that had a parental advisory on it, even though I would sneak and do so. So my perspective on blackness was limited to the people around me. And I never got called out for being weird. We were all weird. My mom came from the hood, her family as well. So I had a mixture of things, rap music and soul music at my grandma's and my dad loved country. I was well-rounded or so I thought. I can't exactly remember the first time my blackness was called out. I remember it happening quite frequently after that first time. And I always felt well, what can I do to be blacker? How should I talk? How should I walk? What should I wear? What food should I eat? What music should I listen to? I never thought to question, what does a black girl sound like? Well, what makes you blacker than I? When you're young, you don't think about those things or where these sayings originate from. But you carry it. And a lot of times you don't even know you're carrying it until you realize you're trying to conform into something that's different from what you are. After hearing you don't sound like a black girl or you talk like a white girl, I decided I was going to change the way I talked. I was going to drop my properness and I was going to start using a lot more slang. I was going to say it with attitude. I was going to twist my neck and snap my fingers and hopefully people would stop noticing just how quote unquote black I wasn't. And that's just what I did. And in some aspects, yes, it helped me feel more connected to those who thought I wasn't black enough but it also helped me feel disconnected from who I really was. I was someone who liked the way I talked, regardless of how it sounded or what it made me. 
I like to read. I loved cartoons and all kinds of anime books. I loved to dance out of nowhere and listen to Gwen Stefani and sing country songs because country can rip your heart out and put it back together. I also loved Anita Baker and Tina Turner and the Isley Brothers. And I also loved to twerk. I was all those things. And you can be that, but I just never knew I could. And how disappointing is that? That out here in this world, your blackness is associated with what you do and how you sound and what you wear, if you can fight, if you can twerk, if your butt's big enough. But blackness is so much more than that. Just like we come in all shades. We come in all types of people. We're eclectic. Some of us like to paint. Some of us like to dance, write poetry. Some of us talk with an accent. Some of us don't. Some of us use a lot of slang. Some of us won't. Yeah, I know that just rhymed. But in the end, all I'm trying to say is who gets to dictate what makes you black enough. I can be multifaceted. I can like country. I can like rock. I can like hip hop and R&B. I can want to be in a three-piece power suit in a business conference and also want to go to the club on a Friday night. No one can determine who you are. And that's something I wish I should have said. When someone told me I talked white, why didn't I have the balls to say, what's talking like a white girl? So are you saying that all black people sound uneducated? Because that's what you're giving off when you tell someone that. And black people are some of the smartest people that I know. I come from a very smart mother and a very smart father, even though he didn't finish high school. He provided for his family. He taught me how a man is supposed to behave and how he takes care of his family. My mother is strong and beautiful and everything that you could ever ask for in a mom. And she taught me how to be a mother. And I hope that my daily affirmations with my daughter lets her appreciate just how beautiful her black is and whatever she chooses to do. If she wants to be a cheerleader, a doctor, a lawyer, play the trombone, whatever it may be, she will always be black enough. No matter who she dates, if he's white, Asian, Indian, Native American, indigenous, Mexican, whatever. That does not account for or discount her blackness. Black is not one person. It's not one type of person. It's everything. I love being a black girl. I love being a black person. It comes with this drama sometimes. It comes with fear at others. But being black is just lit. From the music, to the food, to the nod, 
between one black girl to another, never even having to say a word, but knowing exactly what the other's thinking, to all-knowing eye roll when somebody's acting a fool, to the camaraderie you feel when you have core friends that understand where you come from and where you're going and what you want to do. Being black is just lit. It's fun. It's a party whenever we get together, no matter how it ends. If I could trade being black for anything or being a different race, nationality, culture, I would never do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I would take some white privilege. I'd love that if they could dust that, sprinkle it on me. But I wouldn't change being black. And I just hope that this episode's let someone know that it's okay to be the black that you are. No matter if the next person questions it, so what? Ask them, well, what is black to you? And why is that the only form of blackness? Have you seen different type of people that act differently than the way you act? If not, you need to broaden your horizons and realize that no matter how the next black person talks, what they dress like, what they like, they're still black. We're still family. And family takes care of family. So don't put the next person down because they don't perform in the way you think they should. Their essence is enough. Them being here in this world, just being is enough. Them being strong enough to walk out of their door, hold their head up high, and love themselves is enough. It saddens me that we don't accept each other as a whole. Rather, you're biracial, you're light-skinned, dark-skinned, in-between. We're all beautiful, and we all need help sometimes to feel strong and loved and confident in who we are. Give someone a compliment, even if you think they talk weird. Save that for the car ride home. Maybe it's something about you. Maybe you wish you talked like them or want to understand why they talk like they do. And that's fine. But save that you sound like a white person comment. It's just old and stale. Ask them where they went to school, what they learned, what their parents and family are like. Find out who they are. And for the person being asked the question... Find out who you are too. Become comfortable in being just who you are. I wish I would have told myself that sooner than 35. It's just sinking in. And if I can do anything for my beautiful daughter, I want to tell her that her blackness is fine. She's a little weird too. But weird works for us. It intrigues people. It brings... Sorry to sound so cliche, but boys to the yard. For anyone that was born way after 86, you might not get that reference, but Khalees, Milkshake. I'm sure it's been on TikTok. But being who you are attracts the people who should be in your life. Sometimes people that shouldn't, and you have to learn how to determine who those people are. But for the most part... 
people come because they're drawn to you. No matter, no matter how your black looks or sounds. It's beautiful. And I hope I can show that to my daughter before she turns 35. But at least it's sunk in at some point. I'm proud to be the girl who talks a little different. And maybe not so much different now. Because I took to adapting my voice to what I thought people wanted to hear for a long time. But I'm okay with how I sound now. How I walk. How I talk. The weird clothes I wear. The fact that I'm changing my hair style every 20 seconds. <laughs> the fact that I like weird humor. And weird music. And you can catch me twerking to country line dancing at any moment. I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay that I'm still discovering who I am. That I'm still figuring it out. Because figuring it out is the fun part of it. And every time I figure out a new part of me, it sits with me and I realize... For me, God made me amazing. He made me unique. He only one, made one Danielle E. One me. I can only do what he has called me to do. And that feels so good. It feels so special. And so peaceful. And it makes me so happy. And to be honest, I haven't been this happy in a long time. I'm ending a relationship, a marriage, in fact. But that's a different story for a different episode. But it will come. And I'm truly happy. I feel stable. I feel strong. I feel like I can share my emotions and so show whatever emotion I'm having at any given time. I know how to work through that. I know how to process it. It took therapy. It took sitting in uncomfortable spaces for myself to figure out that my black is good enough. I will always be black enough. I hope this podcast reaches some people that need to hear this. Because I know that there's other girls and men and people, non-binary, transgender, gay, straight, and everything in between that need to hear this message. That you being you is good enough. You don't have to try to change for anyone else. Because you'll never make everyone satisfied. And in turn, it will make you miserable to try to figure out who you can be today to make someone else happy. So talk how you want to talk. Walk how you want to walk. And be who you want to be. I know that one thing that really has helped me through this journey is realizing that the core friends that I have and God and my daughter love me. No matter how I wake up talking, no matter how silly or crazy I am, they know that it's me and I can come to the people in my life just as I am 
Just Danielle. Nobody else. And that feels great. It feels successful. It feels deep. And I appreciate that feeling. But even if there's no one else who understands me, I understand me. I can finally be alone with myself and like me. And that's so hard to do. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're questioning your blackness, if it's because someone told you you talk white, you don't walk white, you didn't dress white, you're too mixed to be black, you're too light to be black, you haven't struggled enough to be black, realize that's on them. They have the problem, not you. Sometimes if you have the energy, you can try to educate them. But if you don't, it's not your job to. But it is your job to walk away and remember who you are. It's something I say to my daughter every morning before she gets on the bus. Remember who you are. And if you don't know who you are, it's time to figure it out. Yes, it is hard, but it's fun. Figure out what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want. Who you like, who you don't. Don't settle because there's only one you and you only get one chance at this. Unless you believe different, you only get one chance. So don't, don't fuck it up. Figure it out. Cry and or laugh or both at the mistakes and get back up again. Because you will always be black enough. Good afternoon, people. I know it's past Thursday and it's almost been two weeks, but there was a lot going on and we had a horrible tragedy in my extended family. So that delayed things. But welcome back to things I wish I should have said with Danielle E. And this week, I wanted to touch on the care of self. I don't really like to call it self-care because it makes it sound so much more complicated than it really needs to be. And I really wanted to talk about this after everything that happened and things that have happened in my life within the last several years really have led me to want to care for myself and to put myself first because I am a huge self-proclaimed people pleaser and I am really trying to get out of that and one thing that has really helped me is sitting with myself and asking myself a lot of hard questions and wondering where that's going to get me, what's going to be, how things are going to go. And I've had to really focus on what is hurting me in my life. And if you haven't all heard, I have been married for eight years and I was with someone for in total we were with each other for 
almost 12. And that relationship has recently ended. And it has really shook me to the core. There was a lot of unnecessary things that occurred. And that's a different episode for a different day. But in that journey, I developed anxiety and depression, especially after having my daughter. And I really am not a person who's big on emotions. I'm learning. Um, It has taken me 35 years, I can't believe it, 35 years, to finally come to grips with the realization that crying is not a weakness. I come from a very strong mother and grandmother and father, but my mom really, I never really saw her cry. She was always in control, probably even when she wasn't. The only time I saw her emotionally break was when my father passed away when I was 18. So for me, crying wasn't something that I did in public. I would come to my own little corner in my own little room and I would cry. And when my body was done, I would get up and I would put on the brave face. And I'm sure a lot of us, especially black women and those who identify as women, we have to be brave. This world, this country in particular, does not allow women of color, especially black women, to be weak or vulnerable or to appear to need assistance. We all know that therapy, especially in people of color's community, is just coming to the forefront and is still taboo, unfortunately. So to say that I'm sad, depressed, anxious, was just an oddity to me. I mean, who wants to walk around and and have the pity party that comes along with someone thinking you're depressed or anxious? Or do people even really care? Are they only asking you because that's the nice thing to do? Or are they asking you because they really want to help you with that journey? So for me, taking care of myself just seemed exhausting. So all throughout my friendships and dating life, I just really focused on what was happening with other people. How are they doing? What do you need? What can I do? I'll be there for you. And I was the strong friend. But what people say is true. You have to check on your strong friends. And I have been very lucky to have a couple friends who really do check on me really do know when I am not okay and when things are not right. I have been blessed with a mother, even though she is super strong, tells me to go to therapy, allows me to talk about things, allows me to cry, even when it makes me super uncomfortable. And I am trying to raise my daughter differently. And I'm so sorry about the dogs in the background. If you can hear them, yes, they're making an appearance. Gotta love them. But it's... It's been hard to really admit that I am scarred from my marriage. I am scarred from 
my pregnancy and delivery story. Um, and that's also another episode for another day. But in becoming a mother and a wife and realizing that I was in a very unhealthy and emotionally unsafe relationship, I have to realize that that led to a lot of self-doubt and and negative self-talk. And in order to protect my peace and my heart and myself and to help promote better ways of, of living and dealing for my daughter, I have to start taking care of self. And for people, that can mean so many different things. Some people's self-care is getting their nails done and getting a massage or going shopping, going to the movies, dinner, you know, things that you can actually do. But self-care does not have to be that difficult. Self-care can be laying in your bed because your body is telling you you need rest. You have to listen to your body because your body will only ask so many times before it forces. And I've realized that sometimes I just cannot do it. I cannot be everything to everyone. I can't be super mom to my daughter. I can't be the best daughter every day. I can't be everything. Sometimes I just have to be Danielle. I have to be alone. I have to take a mental health day from my job. And that is okay. It's okay to take care of self. The best times I've had self-care haven't been at the nail shop or the masseuse, even though those are great options. They have been when I've just been quiet and still and talking to myself and Yes, I know they say if you answer yourself, it makes you crazy. But sometimes I answer myself because who better knows me than me? I talk to God. I ask him for help. I ask him to help me to see what he needs me to see and to follow the the goals and the paths he has for me. And I'm still asking him that. I'm still having those daily conversations. I do journal when I feel the need. Sometimes I just don't even have that to give. And journaling can be really helpful. It can let you write down the things that you don't even know you're thinking. And when you go back and reread those things, sometimes you see how far you've come. You see where you need to grow. And you see the solutions sometimes. And we all have to know what it means to care for ourselves. And sometimes figuring that out is the hardest thing. Because we're all, I'm sure, in some capacity used to taking care of other people. Women are programmed to take care of other people, whether it's their husbands, their boyfriends, their kids, their households. And we usually are never shown or told how to take care of ourselves or each other as sisters. Reaching out gets complicated and harder as we grow older, but we do need those connections. And even though friendships change, I'm sorry, 20-year-olds and and people in their 20s, your friendships are going to change. As life gets harder and more complicated and busier, people have families and kids and jobs and travel. Friendships get harder to maintain. It doesn't mean that they're any less valuable and any less fun, 
but they're not as consistent as they usually are when you're younger. And maintaining those friendships is super important, though. Reach out to your friends. Text them. You know, I know phone calls are so taboo. And sometimes when people call me, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you calling me? Um, But call that friend or call, you know, the person you need to talk to. Text them and ask them to call you. You know, text them and say, I'm really struggling. It's okay to say you're struggling. And sometimes that's a part of caring for yourself. It's just admitting that you are struggling. And I know this is going to sound like, you know, a depression, anxiety, suicidal hotline commercial. But reach out to a professional. Reach out to a friend. You are not alone. Sometimes it feels like you're alone. I've felt... A lot of times, like I was standing on a cliff on an island by myself and I was just waiting and wondering if I should just let go and jump. But I'm able to pull myself back from that and really focus on why do I feel that way? What's happening? Am I too focused on others and trying to save other people who may not want to be saved or can't be saved? Because I am not God. That part of God complex is not good. You cannot save anyone. And you definitely can't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped. And if you spend all your time trying, you'll exhaust everything you have inside. And it's really not fair to the other person because they didn't ask for that. And even if they did, when they show they don't want it, don't keep forcing it. Because then it becomes less of their fault and more of your own. And I had to learn that the hard way in several situations, but especially in marriage and in friendships and in life. I cannot control anything. I have no control over anything except for me. And even in that instance, God has control over my journey and, and where life will take me. I have free will, but I want God to be in control. I don't always know what I'm doing. You know, I sometimes think with my heart, even though my head is telling me something different, sometimes they're so connected and conjoined and twisted that I can't tell what's just talking, my heart or my head. But there's always that little voice that tells you when you need to do something, when you need to lay down, when you need to scream, when you need to cry, when you need to run, not walk, but run away from that situation, that person or place. And I have to learn how to listen to that. And I'm sure there's some of you out there who are trying to learn how to listen to that too. That little voice inside that's saying it's time to care for self. To care for that little person inside of you. And I will say that therapy has been a major role in helping me figure it out. Figure out where I'm going and what I want to do and who I want to be. I've had some great therapists. I've had some not so great therapists and not that they weren't great therapists in in their own right, but they just weren't right for me. I don't really need the homegirl kind of therapist. I need someone who's going to hold me accountable, not agree that my husband is an asshole, which he very well could be, but that's not very helpful for me in this instance. Um, I need someone who's going to give me some true life education based 
advice and, and ways to work through what I'm going through at that particular time. And I've had some good experiences. And I always tell anyone who will listen that therapists and psychiatrists, they're like a really good pair of jeans. You got to find out which one works for you, which one fits, which one hugs your curves the right way, which one doesn't make you feel like you can't sit down or your button's going to pop. What fits you? You got to try on different therapists until you find the one that fits you. And I know that sucks because when you're going through something and you're struggling and you're screaming for help, nobody wants to have to tell that same story over and over again to a different person several different times. It's exhausting. But then do you really want to walk around with those same hurts and thoughts for the rest of your life? Because that's even more exhausting. So for anyone who feels they can't get the advice they need, they can't talk to someone, find someone who has the credentials to help you, who you trust, who you can build that rapport with. And that can be really helpful. And you can get what you need to get out of that. Maybe you're in therapy for several months. Maybe it's years. Whatever you need. Whatever you feel gets you to where you need to go. Maybe you stop therapy for a while and you go back. It's okay. It's okay to say, oh, this is too much therapy for me right now. I need a break. And you talk that out with your therapist and you come back. Are you finding a new one? It's all okay. It's part of the journey. And the journey is everything. The destination is fantastic and, and wonderful, but all the adventure comes in the journey. So self-care has really changed for me. It's changed from less, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do yoga to finding my own peace. Because I was listening to T.D. Jakes the other day, actually two days ago on Sunday. And he was talking about not bleeding on people and and finding your place and and figuring it out and I had the mindset that God was sending that message like as you get older finding peace is what you crave like finding peace within yourself peace within your relationships that you have whether they're intimate as far as lovers or friends Finding peace in that, finding peace in what you were called to do in the job that you have, finding peace in your everyday walk. Excuse me. And I'm at a place where I just want peace. I've had so many years where I was not at peace. I was in chaos. I was in tears. I was in literal shambles from the inside out. I was letting so many things happen to me that I did not want to happen, that I felt I had no control over because I am such a people person and I was so scared to lose this thing that I had and held so deep and dear to me. I didn't want to lose it. I wanted to keep it and hold it up and and love it and cherish it. And I felt like, I was losing my mind. And so now that I'm out of that, and, and I'm, it's, I'm freshly out of it. I don't want anyone to think, you, you, you've had time for this. This is so fresh. It feels different, so I know that it's, it's truly over. <laughs> um, but I 
just want peace. I want to come into a place and lay my head down and feel peace. I want to sleep and feel peace. I want to get up and go to work and feel peace. I want to follow my goals. I mean, and, and chase my dreams and chase what I was called to do and feel peace. And I'm getting there. And I've learned that getting there was cultivating a place where I could start building that peace. And it honestly started with clearing out my space. I rearranged my room. I started throwing away things that I didn't need, organizing. I bought an exercise bike because sometimes I just really don't feel like driving to the gym. But it makes you feel more guilty when you have a bike staring you in your face. You're just like, I gotta get on it. So it helps. I bought plants and one turned into 16 very quickly. I'm realizing that it's time to have a little halt on the plant because it's giving me a little anxiety, which is not helping (laughs) with the piece. But what I have bought thus far, they bring me such joy when I see them growing and thriving. And I know that I'm taking care of them while taking care of myself. I changed my sheets and my hair and started praying and started joining book clubs and and sitting with myself, talking to myself more, talking to God more. I started doing a lot more online church, became a ministry, a a part of the e-ministry for Bishop Jake's church community. I mean, I did the things that brought me joy. Um, I stopped focusing so much on my weight and just focusing on eating healthier and feeling better. And that's still a work in progress. I don't want to lie to anyone. It's a work in progress. I'm I'm struggling daily, but that's okay. At least I'm doing the things. I'm giving it the college try. I'm realizing that I am a people pleaser and I'm reading books to, to figure out how to set boundaries and, and how to work through things. And the book that I'm currently reading is, is on everyone's read list. And I'm going to grab it. And I'm sure you've seen this all over Instagram. And it was on the Red Table Talk. And it's as amazing as everybody claims it to be. I actually was wanting to buy this when I saw it on Instagram and Red Table Talk. And then it came into my life through a friend who is a therapist. She's amazing. Shout out to Crescents. Um, I hope she's okay with me saying her name. She's a therapist and and wonderful. And she she created this safe space for women to come together and cultivate ways to grow together and self-care and they're the self-care warriors on Facebook um and this was the first book we read in our book club and I just felt like it was fate I felt like the universe had reconnected me to Crescents to read this book and to be in this community that I was so much needing because at that particular time I was still in my marriage and trying and I was completely lost. So Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nadra Glover Tawab, I hope I'm saying her last name right, is amazing. And now she has the workbook. That's the next thing I'm going to get. 
her book really helped me realize I had no boundaries. I hate saying no because I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't like conflict. I'm very much in my head. And I I just realized yesterday that I am not an introverted person. I'm not an introvert. I am not an introvert. I am someone who does not want to be judged. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. I saw a quote, and I believe it was on Instagram or Facebook. They're so much together. I can't tell which one's which sometimes, even though I love Instagram. But I saw a quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, people, but it said, you are not an introvert. You are afraid of being, what's the word? Judged. Sorry. My 35-year-old mind sometimes slips. Um, But you're afraid of being judged. And it clicked for me. Because when people I'm around that I'm comfortable with, I am crazy and funny and talkative. And I can talk to strangers when I'm with them and laugh and, and, you know, feel confident in who I am. But as soon as I'm in a room where I'm not sure how these people are going to take me or if they're going to get me or if I'm going to be understood, I'm super shy and super quiet because I'm observing them. Can I trust them? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to be mean to me? And that doesn't really make me an introvert. It makes me unsure of myself. And I have to build that confidence in me. And that book helped me. Setting Boundaries, Finding Peace helped me. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm still caring for myself, learning to love myself, being honest about my flaws, coming to the Lord about my flaws, asking him to work with me through my flaws, to figure out what I'm called to do, to, to help guide me in this. And that was one of the reasons I started this podcast, because I've wanted to do this for so many years. And I finally got the courage. I'm still working on the courage to put, you know, my link out there and tell friends because of the reason of not knowing if I'll be supported, if people will talk trash. And I have to come to grips that there will be people who talk trash and they're entitled to their opinions because opinions are like assholes. (laughs) Everyone has one. Um, Some are cleaner than others, but everyone has one. And it's okay if everyone doesn't like what I put out. I'm not for everyone. I'm not. I am strictly for me and for whoever is called to me and feels me and loves me and and cherishes me. Those are the people I want around me. The people that I can vibe with and create with and love. And we are on the same wavelength. I want people who are giving good vibes in my waves. (laughs) Corny, I know. But I want to feel like I'm doing what God called me to do and that I'm I'm growing and loving myself every day. I want to show my daughter and I tell her every day that she's beautiful and smart and kind, but I want to show her what it feels like and what it looks like to love and care for yourself. To hold that little child inside of you who's scarred we all have scars from childhood from growing up school relationships 
everything. We all have something. Um, and we have to care for that something. We have to make sure that something is protected. And, and we have to give each other and ourselves grace because we give so many other people grace and we're so hard on each other. And I've really had to watch the way that I talk to myself. I've really had to, you know, give myself some positive affirmations and wake up to music that has positive vibes and positive words and really bring that into my day. I don't succeed every day. I'm not happy every day. I'm not happy every single second of the day. Sometimes it's up and down. I could be wonderfully happy happy in the morning and sad for unknown reasons in the night. And it's a learning curve, but I'd never want to give up. I don't want to give up on what I feel I'm being called and led to. I don't know where I'm going. I'm grateful for where I've come from. I'm glad that I'm moving forward and taking steps. But it is scary. It's scary, the unknown. But I know what I feel. I know what my heart is saying is the right thing to do. And I'm going to keep that. I'm going to continue to move forward with that. Because... I don't want another choice. I want to live and and not just exist. And so what are you doing for self-care or care of self? Sorry. What are you doing? Are you working out more? Are you creating different recipes for healthier living or just because you want something that tastes good? Food is good. Hey, are you drinking more water? Are you singing more, honing in on your talent and then figuring out who and where you want to be? Are you taking yourself out on dates, loving yourself, speaking positively to yourself, cleaning your house? Even though I hate cleaning, it really does clear your mind. Are you taking care of your plants, your animals, you know, writing your list of things to do and what not to do and and where you want to be, and you're manifesting your goals. I know manifesting is everywhere, everywhere. Manifest, manifest, manifest. But it works. Manifesting and then doing it. Not just writing it down and and ignoring it, but doing it. Even if it's a little step at a time. It's fearful. I recorded my first podcast, like I said, a couple weeks ago, and it's still scary. It was scary to even push the record button. I'm thinking, I hope I know what to say. I hope I know where this goes. How long should this be? I'm still doing that. Everything is a work in progress. But if you don't take the first step, you never know. I'd rather try and it not succeed than not try at all. Because I'll live with that regret. And you only get one life. And it's so true. My mom and grandma and so many smart and intelligent people have told me that. But I think that you don't take it seriously until you realize how true it is. And and with the tragedy that has happened to my extended family in the last couple days and the deaths and all the crazy, horrible things that continue to happen, I don't want to say I didn't try. I want to leave behind some wonderful and amazing things for, even if it's just one person, I really believe it won't be. I, I believe what God tells me is true in some way I will affect an amazing change and I want to leave behind a good legacy for my daughter and to show her 
to take a chance at different things. So those are the ways I'm caring for myself. I'm allowing myself to be and to sit in what I'm sitting in. If it's it's happiness at that time, great. If it's anger, fine. If if it's love and peace and harmony, even better. So I'm figuring it out and every day is different. I'm I'm trying to be healthier and and smarter in my decision making. I am a true Aries, but I'm also my father's child and I like things to happen right away, right now. And sometimes I don't think things through. That's how I have my dog. Didn't really think it through. Have great days with him, not so great days. I love him, but it's a lot of work. And I didn't think I would be separated and doing doing the things on my own. Um, but I realized in those decisions, I have to think things through. I have to take my time and, and not just rush into things. Because everything you rush into is not going to turn out well and I have to make a plan and and, and be more strategic in, in what I do and that's another way that I'm caring for self is figuring out the flaws I have and the ways I want to tweak them and change them for the better for myself not for others and and really being strong and steadfast in who I am knowing who I am for the future relationships I have for me as a parent but most of all for me as just Danielle I want to feel confident and strong in me and so I invite you this week to do something for yourself whatever it may be if it's just taking a personal day now don't get fired don't don't uh, don't blame me I don't want anyone getting fired but if you need a mental health day take it if you can if you need to go out for a walk, take it. If it's getting up a little earlier and, and sitting in silence before your kids and family wake up, do it. If it's setting up an hour later past your bedtime because you need to just veg out, do it. Do the thing that makes you feel good. The healthy thing, of course. I don't. And, but a glass of wine is a healthy thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one to turn down a glass of wine. But care for yourself. Give yourself grace and love and kindness in this day and in the days to come. And I hope that this episode leaves you with things to think about and things to try and and new ideas to read. And I really appreciate anyone who was able to listen and hear. And I hope the best week for you and for your family and the safety and love for your family and peace and blessings. And as I say to my plants before I leave to work every day, I hope you grow in abundance. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.